This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, who is also my husband and business partner, we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Michael, what do we have planned for today's show? Well, we'll start out today with trends and insights. We'll be talking with Jennifer Johnson about a trend that she sees and how it's changed the way she's doing business. Next, in today's success interview, we'll talk with Leslie Hassler about what she's learned while growing her business, Your Biz Rules. And in our Business Builder segment, we'll be talking about how overwhelming your clients can impact your business and how to avoid it. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper and let's get started. First up, it's trends and insights. Your insiders look at industry changes being leveraged by today's most successful coaches, authors, and speakers. Today we're talking with Jennifer Sparkle Johnson, who's also known as the coach of the feminine soul. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Well, I know we know each other, and you've got so much to share, so I'm excited to hear what is the current trend that you see that is impacting coaches and speakers and authors like yourself? I would say one of the biggest trends that I have noticed is the ability and willingness to be vulnerable. So one of my favorite things is really about um, sharing and helping people allow their vulnerability to come through. Because sometimes we have our hat on as in uh, everything is perfect. And while we're in business and helping people, of course, we want everything to be professional in a certain way, without a doubt. Uh, but when we let that human side come through as well, that we are vulnerable and it's okay to be vulnerable and not perfect or not spot on every moment, it really builds a deeper connection and has a huge impact on your relationships and naturally your income as well. It does. And I know... You know, when I talk to people, and I talk to a lot of people in my networking and through EOMA Network, it's interesting because you ask them how things are going and, you know, what their challenges are, what they need. And so often people say, it's perfect, I don't need anything. And you know that that's just not true. We all need something and need support. But I wish people could feel that it's okay to share what they need because there's so many resources out there. Absolutely. And if you if you are are open to that concept, you're then going to get the support you need or that connection that you're looking for or something that's going to actually help you be unstuck with whatever's going on for you at that moment. And I love that you said that because that's so true. We'll walk into a meeting and we think we have to have our perfect mode on and we're not robots. We're awesome human beings and we have challenges. Absolutely. And I know that 
um, a while ago, you know, in my role as a managing director, I finally asked somebody, why don't people, you know, offer to help? And what someone said is, help do what? Everything looks so perfect, and it looks like you don't need anything. (laughs) And I wasn't sharing what I was doing. I was just working harder, not smarter, but harder. And once Mm -hmm. I asked for support, it was amazing how many people stepped up and really felt like they were part of what was going on because they could give in a way that, you know, they had with their gifts. So I think we give people an opportunity to really step up when we ask for that support. Absolutely. And, you know, most people that you, you and I and, and people listening are surrounded with, are, they're, we're surrounded by heart-centered people that care. And when we will let our guard down a little bit, let some vulnerability show, and, and ask and speak what we need or what we're looking for, all those people that are surrounded us, just like you said, that are heart-centered and want to help, we're now giving them an opportunity to do that, which makes them happy. So I mm-hmm. like to remind people, when you're not willing to be vulnerable, you're actually being selfish. Mm. That's interesting. That an interesting concept. <laughs> yeah, it is. And when you think about it that way, and it was so true, I just didn't think of it that way. Right. Yeah. So yeah. how do you think um, being vulnerable impacts people when they're on the stage or when they're talking in videos? Because you really want to connect with people, but there's a balance between, you know, being an authority, but also showing your vulnerability. And I know you speak a lot. So how do you find that balance? And that's a great way to think about it. It really is about that balance of when you're speaking or or on video of being that expert that you're called to be at that moment to share your message, whatever it is, and coming, coming through with your message and still allowing your humanity, your vulnerability to be a part of it so that people get the, the brilliance, your expertise, your wisdom, and all the data components combined with the human side, with the vulnerability side, and with your personality. And to me, that's when you have the win-win. So it really is allowing both to come through. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I think also it allows people to relate to you, and it also allows people to know that they're not alone. Because so often, I I hear time and time again, I thought I was the only one that was going through that, when there's so many people that are going through or have gone through exactly where you are, what what you're going through, and it's nice to know that you can learn from them and that you're not doing something wrong. Exactly, yes. And, and when you allow yourself to be vulnerable in such a, 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 a simplistic way, because again, this isn't about performing in any way, shape, or form. It's your true vulnerable self. Mm-hmm. People are so drawn to that, and, and, it, and it, it still instills inside of them as you're in the conversation, um, you're not alone. Others are experiencing this too. And that just allows that, that pressure to come off their shoulders and go, oh, my goodness, it's not just me or I'm not crazy or I thought everybody else could have work-life balance or I thought everybody else knew how to handle the computer or the website. You know, it's, it's just it, it's a wonderful – like, to me, it's like a big hug. It really mm-hmm. is. It's, it's a reminder that it's okay. You're not alone. We all have struggles. We all have something. We're human. That's, that's what I love. We're human. 
Mm-hmm. And I like the way you put that. It lets that pressure come off your shoulders because as women, we think we should have it all mastered. We should be able to do it. We should just be able to work harder and right. everything will work out. And a lot of times it's just realizing that it's not about working harder. It's about working smarter. And it's about using the resources that are around you. But, you know, we're not mind readers, at least most of us aren't, I don't think. I'm not. And I don't right. know what someone needs if they don't share it. I, if they say they're exactly. okay, you know, sometimes you can tell, but, you know, there's only so much general, probing you can do if they don't speak up. Exactly, yes. And so um, it, as the person on the outside wondering, you know, can I help you in some way, do you need something, it really does when you ask someone in a, in a way that gives them permission to be vulnerable and let them, you know, take off their perfect hat, quote unquote, right? It really does. And, and again, that conversation alone may be enough to simply help someone shift from working harder to smarter, whether mm-hmm. they actually got the answer they were looking for, just that permission to take that breath and know that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and no I'm going to crazy multitasking. <laughs> no, no, I absolutely agree. And, and I'm going to challenge people to really think about when someone asks you, how are you doing or what do you need? And it's not about dumping everything and, and going that route. There are times to do that. But when someone asks, just be open and put it out there. I've heard three or four things in the last week where people have put those things out there and shared them. And when they did, and I know you believe in this, the universe <laughs> opened up and thing, yes. everything they needed came together so quickly and they had been struggling for so long. And it just, once they put it out there, it's like the, the universe knew they were ready to go to the next level. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Cause you're claiming it, you're owning it, you're claiming it, you're speaking it. And it's, it's such a powerful thing. It really is. And it sounds so, for some people, it sounds so um, foreign to vulnerability. Oh, no, I can't look vulnerable in my business. Are you kidding? And I, and I can remember having a conversation once with uh, this quote-unquote powerhouse woman, and she said, I would, we just watched someone on stage be vulnerable, and she said, I would never allow my clients to see that. And I looked at her and thought, wow, that's really sad. That's really sad because your whole world could change and those around you could change. Yeah. yeah. So the when lady you're... that was on stage, the mm-hmm. lady that was on stage, it was vulnerable. She rocked it, and she had the audience just all in, all around her, and all in her, and and just, I mean, she was surrounded with with um, appreciation and joy, and just, it was such a great experience as an audience member. So yeah, it was quite fascinating to witness. Wow. So when you're coaching people, how do you get them to be vulnerable and open up so they they feel that it's you know, that it's, it's safe. How do you get people to make that shift? Um, well, one of the things that's important to me is always creating that safe space for them to be vulnerable and to be themselves. Uh, so people, when they, they are in conversation with me uh, mm-hmm. in general or whether they're in conversation with me as a client, um, it's really important for me to honor people and create that safe space. And the other thing is um, I love to give people full permission to be themselves, and part of that is modeling it and telling them that, I, ooh, I, I've, I've gone through that struggle if I had, right, if I've already been there, and I can mm-hmm. say, ugh, been there, done that, and this is some of the things that I did. Or if I hadn't been, haven't been through that yet, I can be honest and say, wow, 
I have not experienced that yet, and I can only imagine how you feel. Let's look at what to do with where you're at now, what you really mm-hmm. want and need. So it really is giving them full permission to be themselves exactly mm-hmm. as they are, where they are. Mm-hmm. No, I think that that's so true. So how do you think this trend will influence how entrepreneurs do business going forward? Well, I am thrilled to say that I have seen it impact myself with sales and impact my clients with their sales. Um, People, I think, are are really evolving into um, a different space of it's okay to be a professional and not be perfect. It's okay to be an expert and still uh, be always learning and growing, which I personally think is is important and critical Mm -hmm. uh, because I always believe in learning and growing. And so I had seen my clients be willing to uh, open up and be vulnerable with their clients and, you know, modeling for them how, you know, I, I share with them what did that feel like for you, and they felt very comfortable, they felt very excited, and they felt very um, innocent around being in that struggle, like it was okay. Mm-hmm. And so they have started also doing that with their clients, and their clients are just loving it. And, and so their business is just, it's just multiplying from the, the vulnerability and humanity factor because we're already experts in what we do. That's why we do it. We do what we love and we, we're really good at it. And when we factor in that vulnerability piece, oh, man, it just has this wonderful ripple effect and it's, it's improving their relationships, but it's definitely improving their, their bank accounts and their clients. And that's, that, to me, is the most beautiful part of all of it. It is, and that's what we all want. So I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to go to our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page, and under today's interview, I'm going to ask them to share an example of how they've used vulnerability and how it's impacted their business, because I think if more of us share, it'll really make a bigger impact. So how can our listeners learn more about you and get in touch with you? Uh, well, it's there on Facebook. It's Jennifer Sparkle Johnson. Uh, definitely jump over to the page there. And if someone wants to reach out to me at the website, it's thejenniferjohnson.com. Well, thank you very much for sharing with us today. Um, and I'm excited to see how being more vulnerable impacts women in business. So thank you. Thank you. And I can't wait to hear the success people are having from their hearts and from helping others. Yes, me too. We need to take a real quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, it's our success interview, and you don't want to miss it. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. 
Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to step into all of your greatness, to release the confidence that lies within, to stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network International Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year on August 4th through the 7th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Our world-renowned speakers will teach, inspire, and motivate you to greater heights. Plus, the food, the fun, and entertainment at the best party in town will rock all of your senses. Look, no one makes it alone. So it's time to stop trying to be the COE, the chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. The eWomen Network Conference is the perfect place to make that happen. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, and I'm your host, Janelle McCauley. Today's success interview is with Leslie Hassler, the owner of Your Biz Rules. Welcome, Leslie. Howdy. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited for our conversation today, and I'd love to start each of our success interviews by asking our guests to share with us how long they've had their current business, how you started your business, and how it's evolved over time. Mm. Well, I have been an entrepreneur for over nine years. Next year will be the 10th year anniversary, and I'm going to celebrate it like you wouldn't believe. But uh, this is actually my second business. So it's Your Biz Rules, which is my company. Now we do business coaching for entrepreneurs. has been in, you know, I started developing it in 2013, and then I launched it in 2014. So it uh, still is a relatively young business by a lot of standards, but I guess we're two and a half years old, three, you know, going on, you know, keep growing there. So it's um, a pretty dynamic business. And I think what's interesting is if you look at me as an entrepreneur over the course of time, I have gone from that person that did everything in my business and worked a stupid amount of hours. I mean, it was ludicrous. 80-hour weeks was norm, you know, mm. you could think of even a 40-hour week, to really developing a business for myself that gave me all that freedom that I was looking for when I went into being a small business owner, um, and a, something that's so much more fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting because so many people go into business as an entrepreneur thinking it's going to give them so much freedom and they become a slave to their business. It's not Mm -hmm. fun and Mm -hmm. they're doing so many things. I had a conversation this morning with someone and she goes, how do you find the balance? What do you do? And I gave her some simple tips and it's like she was just so surprised. She's doing all these things that aren't adding value and aren't making the cash register ring. Yeah, yeah. You know, here's what's really interesting. Most of us have come um, out of corporate into entrepreneurship, typical path for whatever, however. You know, corporate effectiveness uh, was really about the fact that you were busy. 
you know, you are doing something. You learned really early on that you just didn't look like you weren't doing anything, even if you were just reading, you know, the, the Yahoo on your computer. You looked like you were doing something. And so I think in some ways we picked up some bad habits there. And what I find is, especially with a lot of my clients at least, is they come into a business and they're so committed to making it work. And so you start to make these deals with yourself like, okay, if I just buckle down now, if I sacrifice my time, if I put my own money into the business, you know, it will pay off. And we think that's the, I guess, the entrepreneurial deal that we have to make. What you don't understand, and like when you were telling about your conversation is, balance is a choice. It's not a reward. It's not something that will suddenly be delivered onto your doorstep one day when you cross whatever marker, you know, from a revenue standpoint, you feel you need to cross. Profitability is a choice. It doesn't just magically appear one day on your doorstep. And so what I find is that so many people are willing for it to come later, that they forget to build it today. And that's, you know, that's something we have to shift in how we start businesses. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, that, that's really interesting, and I love that, that balance is a choice, not a reward, and, and so is profitability. Um, I think that we do think it's going to get easier, it's going to get better. And I think as women, we tend not to ask for help. We think Mm -hmm. we're supposed to know how to do it and be able to do all of it. And that's just not true. It's just not true. It is, And this is why I love coming on to radio shows like this and speaking in front of people. Because I think if we could share our stories more, more people would see that the best way to grow your business is to partner with other people who have been there, done that, and can help you kind of skyrocket. Uh, Hands down, the quickest way to grow is to stand on the shoulders of giants. Mm -hmm. Now, that could be a mentor. It could be a colleague. It could be a coach. It could be so many different people. But every time I have seen myself do it or my clients do it, it just leap years you. I mean, you leap over a lot of eggs. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I do think you're right. I think we have this feeling that we've got to make it on our own in order to be successful. But if you really studied the most successful businesses out there, none of them were done on their own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't have to do everything. I think I, I talked to more people recently that they're in doing one-on-one coaching and they just it ties them down so much and they didn't go into being an entrepreneur. They want to help people and they want to have the biggest impact, but they Mm -hmm. didn't go down to be a slave to the calendar and to have such a crazy hectic schedule that by the way, their clients dictate because they can only talk to them at certain times. So it's, doesn't half the time doesn't even make sense. It's looking at finding that balance and we're the ones that, can define what that looks like. It shouldn't be everyone else defining it for us. Isn't that interesting? You are exactly right. One of the, one of the first things I do with my clients, and I work mostly with service-based clients, is I take them through a profitability exercise of what they really need to be priced at in order to be profitable. Now, that mm-hmm. sounds logical. Mm-hmm. The one thing I put in there that I think most people leave out is I ask, how many hours a week do you want to work? 
Mm-hmm. I only work 30 hours a week. So my pricing is built on being profitable at 30 hours, not mm-hmm. it being profitable at 60. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, when you, when you look at that, that's how you determine, you know, that's how you keep yourself from being a slave in your business. But you, you have to keep these things in mind that if you're, you know, you're not, if you're working too hard for too little, then you have to shift something. So maybe that is group programs. Maybe that's informational products. Maybe it's pricing increase. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways to do it, but you don't have to be trapped by the calendar at all, and you should be dictating your calendar um, more so than your clients. Like, I, will t- I serve clients on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And I will make a few allowances, you know, early on in a client relationship because we have to work into each other's schedules. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, okay, how soon can I have an appointment at, you know what, I've got one at Tuesday at 1 o'clock and Thursday at 11. Which one would work best for you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it keeps that boundary or that control in your business, which is where it should be. No, I absolutely agree. I think that we need to remember it is our business, and if you tell people, here's what I can do, I think in most cases they're going to say, fine, one of, they'll make one of those work. If they really see the value and want to do this, if they can't, then you need to see if there's you know, some kind of short-term compromise, but then that's a decision that you have to make. That, and people just don't often think about that they can say, this is what I can do. It's People often say, well, what would you like to do? Well, when you open it like that, you're opening it to anything. Yeah. And then you feel compelled to try to match that. You know, there's a resource I'd love to share with your listeners, and it's a book entitled The Power of the Positive No. And written by a gentleman that would pick, like, you know, a situation could erupt between Iraq and Iran. He's the guy that goes to try to negotiate uh, an agreement. Mm-hmm. And so what he says is, you know, the, the magic formula is that you assert your boundary. No, unfortunately, I'm not able to do that. You present a amicable compromise. However, I could meet with you on Thursday at 11. Mm-hmm. Would that work? And, you know, you can, this is a huge technique that you can use with your family, <laughs> your mm-hmm. children, you know, clients, but it just takes, it takes away the conflict aspect that I think makes people feel forced to do, to comply. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the part, the your biz rules, you know, has that double entendre. You do need to have your own boundaries and rules in your business so that it supports you. Um, but you can do that. You can be selfish in setting up your rules so that you can be selfless when you're serving your clients. But otherwise, if you don't, you just you deplete your resources so quickly. You do, and then you start to feel where um, you're not really enjoying your business. It's more mm-hmm. of a job, and so many people leave their corporate world so that they have that freedom and they can really do something that they're passionate about. And then when you don't do that, you really become a slave to it. So how do you get people to make that shift in thinking where it's okay to say no, it's okay to set boundaries? Because I think, again, as women, we tend to think that we have to be all things to all people and we're supposed to serve and 
that make it, having boundaries and serving, sometimes there's a conflict we have to resolve? So here's the, the first thing I do. <laughs> I just give you permission. I give you permission to do it. It's okay. You're not a bad person. You're not falling down on the job to be able to do it. And a lot of times, for, especially when I'm working with some clients, that's what they need to hear. Um, and then the second thing is I always love language. So if, if I need to shift and somebody says, all you have to do is just say this, I'm like, can you say it for me a couple times? I need the modeling. And so that's one of the things that we, I try to work through is that we'll take a specific example. Maybe it's price. You know, price is always that one of those fun things. And we're talking about, okay, how can you say something in price? And I'll give that model, and then we try to make sure it can be in their own words so that it feels natural. And if you have to write it down and stick it next to your, you know, your computer monitor, it says, well, you know what, I know we're always looking for the best deal, and nobody wants to overpay. However, I've really designed my fees to deliver a high amount of value, value to give you results, and I find that that's what my clients really like. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're coming from too? Is this something you, you resonate with? Because you took the emphasis off the price, right? It's mm-hmm. just a matter of using that little formula in a way to shift what the disagreement is about. Um, and I, the, other ta- the other example I'll give is if you are t- having conflict with a person, you know, so let's say your client is upset with the price and you feel like you're personally, you know, combating or conflicting over the price, instead of it being you versus them, make it we versus it. And in that way, you're partnering with your client. So you're coming alongside your client and you're like, okay, what I'm hearing from you is that this is just too much. And I completely understand that. So how about we work together to find something that you can do? You're not discounting, but you need to reduce scale or, you know, pull back features or pull back elements of what you're trying to deliver to get them to the price. Then it's not about your value. It's just about us working together to get you in the right ballpark. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, we need to take a really quick break, um, but I want to come back and, and finish that up when we come back from our break. And also, I know you use products in your business, and I'd love to have you share how you've used them to grow your business. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Stay on our success interview. We're going to continue the conversation with Leslie Hassler, the owner of Your Biz Rules. Before the break, we were talking about um, 
giving yourself permission to do something. And I love, Leslie, how you were talking about languaging and working through it. And the one that really stuck me that we were talking about before break, so I want to finish this up, is the formula and using the conversation me versus it and taking it away from you and the price. Do you have any yeah. final thoughts to share? You know, it's, it's something that if you could just start to list your three biggest conflicts or the three biggest objections or pushbacks that you get in your business and start to reframe it. Um, I always use the with them, you know, the what's in it for me, for my mm-hmm. clients whenever I'm thinking about this. It's like really what are they trying to get for, what, what do they want, and how can I give it to them in a way that's beneficial for both of us? And so we're looking for the win-win, not a win-lose um, type of a, a situation. And that's really what the us against it is all about, is that it's a win-win. Let's, let's make it a win for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you come after, go after the situations with that attitude, that you find creative ways to solve some interesting problems. That's really interesting, um, and I know they, they'll, they can learn more about that directly from you. Um, I'd like to shift our conversation just a little bit because I know you have a number of um, products and things that you use in your business, and I'd love to know um, when was it that you decided that you needed to add some products, and then how did you decide what to add? Because I know people are often stuck with how to get started with adding products. So I believe in having a yes at every level. That's basically what I say. So you, when I will say I was inspired to come up with more um, low-ticket items and informational products that were more budget-friendly for people after I had you know, 25 conversations of people that couldn't afford me. Mm-hmm. And I look at it as I really do want to ha- impact a lot of businesses. And I realize not everybody's got money in the bank account to do it. That's Mm -hmm. one reason why we give away so much free stuff on our blog. Um, But I needed something that could take people a little further. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at, okay, what could I do, you know, for under $100 a month that somebody could, you know, forego eating out one meal a month and work on their business. And so I really started um, looking at, okay, what can I do to do that? Well, I think a lot of people might see this as well in their own business. I struggled with how do I standardize something. You know, um, your biz rules has so many ways from a branding standpoint that we could go with it, but how do I standardize my process when I feel like what I do one-on-one is so intuitive and so custom and so all of these things? Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting because I started to challenge myself and started to go, okay, if I'm going to talk about price, what am I going to do? And I developed a tool. And then I developed a course around how to use that tool and what the tool tells you to do. Mm-hmm. And so I just really kind of took it from a very organic, evolving status to see what I could actually standardize in my business. And honestly, two years ago, I didn't think I could standardize anything. Now I'm like, what was I thinking? Everything standardized. I have my own process. I just it's so innate, I didn't naturally see it. But forcing myself to sit down and go, okay, how would I solve a problem if it was pricing? How would I solve a problem if it's uh, you're networking and you don't feel like anybody's hearing you? You know, how would I solve all these problems that my clients have and just answer that one little question? And you've 
I found, at least for me, a process developed mm-hmm. um, that it, it became very natural when I wasn't trying to force it. I didn't try to force it into SWAT or start or begin or any letter. Mm-hmm. I just tried to create it first and make sure it was something that was integrity. So I created it, and then I started using it with my one-to-one clients because I wanted to test it and make mm-hmm. sure that it works. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, this stuff works hands down. It mm-hmm. works every day. <laughs> and, and that's really probably how I generated the informational product side of things. Well, you know, you mentioned a couple things that I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through, saying that they can't standardize it, that it's all custom. And I really challenge people, and that's part of what we do with with Turn Knowledge to Profit, is challenge people to really look at what they're doing. Because if you look at your clients, and it's a great process for business owners to do, when you're going through your one-on-one coaching, there are some things that you do with every single client, bar none. And those Mm -hmm. are the things that you can really start to look at and standardize. And then what you can do is offer your one-on-one coaching at more of a premium. If someone wants to work with you and take it deeper or get started with you with your information products because they really want to see who you are and what you have to offer, then they'll move into the coaching program, it really gives you a lot more options and really values who you are and your time. It does, and it does. And, you know, if you can create a process, you can also create automation. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge, huge thing for scalability when you're a small business or a solopreneur. I mean, small business under 10 employees. I mean, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. There's so much that could be done. You have to automate a lot of things, but you can't automate until you have a process. And so you can save yourself time so much by just getting the process and creating the, the little bitty things. Um, you know, there was one phrase that somebody shared with me sometimes, and I think it might help when it, you come to looking at these informational products. You know, what we do in innate to ourselves seems so easy, seems like breathing air, that we sometimes discount it. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't give it its full weight. And uh, somebody shared with me this phrase that says, it's like somebody has come to you for a sip of water, and you're giving them a fire hose. You just need to give them a sip of water. Mm-hmm. So that sip of water could quench their thirst for months. And that's really what a lot of informational products do, too, is it's a sip of water. If they need the fire hose, they can come to you one-on-one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, no that, that's so true. So what is your most popular product currently, and why do you think it's so popular? I think our most popular product, um, and just based on the sales and, and things of that nature, is really uh, the Easy Six Figure Business Club. So that's where I, you know, it's a self-paced, system. It probably takes about six months to go through, but it's great for you know, people that are on a budget, that are starting up, that may be working on their side hustle, um, something of that nature, and they need to walk through the steps of putting a good business together. And um, I've had people go through this, this thing and they're like, man, I've made, more, <laughs> I've made more progress in six months than I did it all last year just because it keeps you very focused on mm-hmm. how do you generate cash, how do you, you know, 
sell your services and get into client work as quickly as possible so that you can get into that iterative mode of business, which is, you know, sell it, try it, service it, deliver it, improve, and do it again and again. But if you don't have clients, it's a really hard thing to do. So that's our, our probably our, our most popular product. Mm-hmm. So how often do you get people saying, you know, I'll do it when, I'll do it when I get a website, I'll do it when I um, have my business cards printed, I'll do it when I have marketing literature. I get people saying that all the time, and they really need to get out and sell it, because once you start selling it, you'll know what people really want, but they go create mm-hmm. all these things that, to be honest, people really don't want. Mm-hmm. It, that's what's really interesting. So I... I would say I hear it quite often, um, and those are people that need to be perfect or need to get it to what they feel like a level of completion is. Um, I'm a perfectionist. I, am, I have a card-carrying member of Perfectionist Anonymous. <laughs> Anonymous. I'm, I'm trying to recover from it. And this really came to me my first business, which was interior design, which is a lot of details, right? Mm-hmm. My, what I found is my 80% and sometimes my 60% is amazingly a lot of people's 100%. Right. And when I just started easing back a little bit, things started flowing a lot better. And I just know it's just got to be good enough. Part of being in business is almost like being Albert Einstein. You have to be that crazy, gray-haired, you know, wiry-haired scientist and put things out there. Because that's when you can see if there's proof of concept, if somebody latches onto it, and you can't be afraid of, well, what if this flops? As Edison tried the light bulb 10,000 times. I saw a quote today, uh, Starbucks got turned down by 242 banks before they got a loan to start Starbucks. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come with the first iteration. You have to be in it for the long haul, but if you never get anything out there, you'll never get going. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great reminder. I learned that lesson when I was getting my master's about 20 years ago where I had to turn in a paper by um, midnight and I really felt I needed to do another rewrite, but if I turned it in late, it went down a grade. So I turned it in and I got an A-plus on it. So I learned that my standards are pretty high. So uh-huh. we need to, to really know what our baseline is. So how can our listeners learn more about you and your business? Well, you know, uh, I'll probably offer up a great little marketing fix for people. So if you're, you're struggling in marketing or not getting results when you want it or, you know, not getting results from the right people, this is a tool I use with every single client that comes in just to make sure we're on the right track. Um, but it's 87 different ways you could be marketing, and it looks at how much it costs and how quickly you can get results, and it's a really eye-opening tool. So I'd love to share that with your listeners, and they can head over to our website, which is yourbizrules.com forward slash marketing quick fix, or even if you go straight to the homepage, it's right there on the homepage at yourbizrules.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. And we will actually put a link with today's interview on our Turn Knowledge to Profit website so they'll be able to get your information. Uh, And can you give us, Leslie, just one quick piece of advice for our listeners that they can use to help them build or scale their business? Yes. Think of yourself as the king or queen of a kingdom. 
Okay, your kingdom is your life. It it encompasses your your family life and your business. Okay, your kingdom isn't healthy if you are trying to do everything. No king or queen does everything. And your kingdom isn't healthy if you're favoring one side over the other. So if you kind of, at times, if you feel like you're getting a little too much into the mucky muck and getting way too, I can't do this and I can't do that and all that head talk that happens, elevate yourself and look at it from a place of ruling your life and your business and make decisions sometimes at that high level and just realize you do not have to do it all. There are people that love to do the things that you can't get to or don't want to do, and releasing that is really the best way to be able to grow your business. That's a great um, way to end our conversation and a great reminder. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time today, Leslie. No, thank you for having me. My pleasure. We need to take another quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder, so stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to step into all of your greatness, to release the confidence that lies within, to stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network International Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year on August 4th through the 7th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Our world-renowned speakers will teach, inspire, and motivate you to greater heights. Plus, the food, the fun, and entertainment at the best party in town will rock all of your senses. Look, no one makes it alone. So it's time to stop trying to be the COE, the chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. The eWomen Network Conference is the perfect place to make that happen. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're talking about how to keep from overwhelming your clients with content. You know, I think we have a tendency to provide too much information, TMI, and I think it's really important to understand just how much information people need to really make a decision and give them the right information. Just because you give them more doesn't mean it's better. Yeah, absolutely it doesn't. And in fact, I was just talking to someone yesterday uh, and we were talking about clients. She was a coach and and we were talking about each other's clients. And basically, um, 
you know, I said to her, I have yet to meet a client who wanted to put too little into their course. Every single one of the people that I work with always want to put too much into their course. And I think that's natural. That's natural for us as coaches. We want to tell everybody everything we know about whatever it is we're good at. Um, we want to provide them with just as much knowledge as we possibly can. And, and we sort of forget um, that we may have been at it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years of learning and they're new. They're just starting. And so to overload them with everything you know, you may think you're doing them a service, but in actuality, you're, you're not. You're just, you're just really causing them to freeze up and do nothing. Well, and I always think back to and. um I, I sometimes think, should I share this or not? But remember back six years ago when we were first starting and we were talking to a hospital and we did a PowerPoint for an hour talk. Yeah. And I think it was about 45 slides and it was so much information. And you always have said after that, it was like putting 10 pounds of rice in a five pound bag. And at the end, people said it was great information, but they were glassy eyed. They had so much nobody knew what to do next because you can't boil it down to one or two things that they can do and that is the key is giving them the right information at the right level so that they can actually figure out what action to take next and get into action i i, I totally remember that i mean i, I don't know <laughs> I, sometimes i think we we're crazy because i look back on that literally it was a one hour live presentation and we just told them everything we knew as fast as we could tell it to them. And we had examples and we had exercises and we had slides and we and and I look back on that several years later and think, well, no wonder they didn't do anything. They were just totally blown out of the water with all the stuff they had to do. And in fact, just to give you an idea of how much stuff was in that, we took parts of that, just parts of that one hour presentation and made it into a four hour webinar so that wasn't even everything we told them in an hour and we we did it in four hours and it's still you know i look back on that one it might have been a little bit too much information but we did get results because right. it was actually in chunks sized pieces with activities in ways that they could actually take action so we did get great results yeah absolutely and you know it's it's totally natural to to do that in the beginning but um i mean think of the example the example i always think of is um when was the last time you went to make a buying decision about something and a product or a service or whatever and you decided to go on the internet and uh, see if it was really a good product and so you wanted to compare it against other products and you wanted to look at different options and you wanted to see where different places you could buy it and before you know it like an hour or two hours have gone by and you're totally confused because now not only do you see the product that you wanted, but now you've seen the pros and cons of five or six other products and now you can't make a decision. Well, that's an example of just having too much information. And so one of your jobs as a coach, speaker or author is to not is to give information. But the other job you have is to really focus that information down so that whoever is taking the information in can do something with it. And they're not overwhelmed. Absolutely. And because it's really important. I think it is our obligation to make sure that they can get into action. Because I always remind myself that when a client takes no action and makes no decision, they're still making a decision. And it's, it's 
really our obligation as the experts to give them the tools, resources, and information so that they can take action and make the change that they want to make. So how can someone keep from overwhelming their clients? Well, the, the best way to do it is to really think in terms of uh, layers, like an onion. So, you know, have an offering, a product or a service that provides just the first layer for new clients. Because don't forget, if they're brand new, just the first layer of what you know is probably enough for them or maybe even is going to overwhelm them. You know, it, 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 if you go to buy a car and that's not something you do very often, you really don't have to know everything there is to know about how it works. You just have to know which is the one that's right for you. So the same thing for your clients. They don't have to know everything you know about sales or networking or product development or whatever it is you're an expert in. They just have enough to know enough to make a difference in their business or their life. Then you can have some things that are a little bit more in depth for those clients who want to take it more farther or want to know more. And they can take advantage of that. That's the next layer. And then the next layer is for those folks who really, really want to become experts in it. And so by using that sort of layer approach, you're um, leveraging what you know. And we've talked about that in other business builders. But you're leveraging what you know in more and more depth for clients who are more and more interested and, and can really use that information. Well, I think it does help you identify when you use that approach, it helps you identify what stage people are at based on how they respond. And I always challenge people to have a couple of questions that you can ask so that you can quickly determine where your prospect, where your potential client is at. I think oftentimes we tend to start out at a certain point. I was having this conversation yesterday with someone you need to be able to know where someone is because everyone starts at a different spot. It's not a one size fits all. And I think sometimes we tend to approach what we do as a one size fits all. Yeah, we do. You know, and, and not only your client's perspective, but from your perspective, it doesn't do you any service either. Um, the, the sort of put it all into one course really leads to us undervaluing what it is we do. So, um, you know, if, if you do one hour that's just jam packed with everything, you know, you can only charge so much for that hour. But if you um, spread it out, provide the information at a little bit slower uh, rate so that the, the people in the audience can actually absorb that information, you're doing them a service, but you're also doing yourself a service because that four hour or six hour or eight hour, whatever it ends up being, product that you have is worth a lot more than that one hour service that you had. Even though it's the same information, people perceive it as being worth a lot more. And so that then enables us to raise our our own price to a level that that is commensurate with you know what we're really worth. Well, I think it also allows you to be able to take people through activities, through exercises, through some thoughtful process so they can absorb the information and internalize it because we can sit here and tell someone that they absolutely need to take a certain action and we know because we've done it time and time again that that action is critical for success but unless someone really believes that and internalizes that themselves 
they're not going to take that action because they're just going to see it as us telling them to do it versus them seeing that it's actually going to move the dial. Right. You know, I think I think also there's this tendency that we have to um, want to fill every single minute of every single course with something. And it's really OK to have some silence in there. I know that in the course that you did, you know, for um, uh, health and wellness, there were some places in there where you had an exercise and then you actually told the audience, I'm going to give you a minute now to complete this piece, whatever that piece was. And literally, it was quiet for a minute and there was nothing there. Now, you know, you could use a little bit of background music, you could use silence, whatever it is, but there's really nothing going on for that minute. And that's really okay. It's okay in a live setting. It's okay to do in in a recorded setting. Um, You know, don't forget that if it's recorded, somebody, if they don't want to do it, they'll just skip over it. You know, it's not a big deal if, uh, but if you don't put it in there, they don't have an opportunity to really try it out. And I think, you know, going back to what you said, I think that's really, really key is to make sure people have an opportunity to experience what you're telling them. And and, and that's really good from their perspective. And again, going back to uh, the coaches, speakers and authors, it's really a great opportunity from our perspective because it allows your audience to really experience the value that you bring to whatever it is you're doing, which then typically encourages them to request more, get more information, maybe work with you further. Absolutely. And I even think about having that silent time when you're having conversations, when you're networking, when you're doing anything, it's not just in your delivery of your products. I think it's a skill that we can use in everything we do because we can really listen and pay attention to what someone's saying. And it's okay to take 30 seconds, 60 seconds to process the information. I think so often we're so busy trying to think about what we're going to say next that we miss what they're saying when they're communicating to us and we're not really answering the right thing. That's how you build relationships. That's how you make that connection. Silence is okay. It's not a bad thing. It's the layer approach. So what I try to always do in networking is use the layer approach. Um, you know, the, the pleasantries of hi, how are you? What do you do? What's, you know, that back and forth. And then tell me about your business. And I give them two or three sentences. And then if they go into a different topic, we go to a different topic. But if they are interested and if my first two or three sentences are good, then more often than not, they'll say, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more or some version of that. Absolutely. And I think it's that quality versus quantity. So I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to go to our Facebook page on Turn Knowledge to Profit and share how you're using some of that quiet time to really listen to what the other person's saying so that you're providing the right level of information. And I'm going to challenge everyone to look at your products and look at what you're delivering to your clients and really ask yourself, are you giving too much information? You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2 
tk2p.com. That's Michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.